This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. This podcast is sponsored by listeners just like you. To become a supporter of this podcast, please go to HasidicStory.com. H-A-S-I-D-I-C Story.com. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll never know. You'll Shalom Aleichem, my sweetest friends. As is becoming the custom, I'm dedicating this episode to the safety of our soldiers, the safe return of all the hostages in Gaza, the refuah of everybody that was injured or who is sick, and the comforting of the families of those who were murdered, and the continued unity of the Jewish people. Be'ezat Hashem. The great Rebbe, the Vorka Rebbe, Rebbe Yitzchak Vorki, when he was a young man, he had inherited a great deal of property, and through this property, he became wealthy. And he made it a regular custom to visit his Rebbe, the Chose, the seer of Lublin. Now everybody knows the seer of Lublin. Why was he called the seer, the Chose? Because he had holy vision, and he was able to see from one end of the world to the other, into the past and into the future. And on one of these visits, Rabbi Yitzchak of Vorki was told by his Rebbe, the seer of Lublin, if a reasonable opportunity arises for you to become a malamid, for you to become a religious school teacher, then I suggest you take that opportunity. Now, Reb Yitzchak, who, as I said, was a landowner and owned property, was very wealthy, and it seemed beneath him to take the job of a malamid, which paid very little money compared to the amount of money that he made from his properties. And he thought it was a strange thing that the seer Lublin would say that to him, but out of respect, he kept his thoughts to himself, and he thanked the Rebbe. And then he went to the Beit Midrash to sit and learn for a bit before he headed back home. And the next person in the Rebbe's office was a villager from a town not so far away from Lublin. And he cried to the Chose, to the Rebbe. And he said to him, Rebbe, my sons are growing up and they don't seem to be able to learn because I haven't found for them a really good Malamed, a good teacher. And so Rebbe, I traveled over here to please beg you, help me to find a good teacher for my children. And the Rebbe said, how much are you willing to pay for a Malamed? And the villager told the Rebbe, Oh Hashem, I have plenty of money. Whatever you say, Rebbe, I'm willing to pay. I just need somebody good for my kids. So the Rebbe said to the villager, If you can pay 40 gold rubles, then I have a young man who would be excellent for you and can do the job. The villager says, Sure, no problem, Rebbe, where is he? And the Rebbe said, Go to the Beit Midrash, and you're going to find a young man there who just left my room here. Go and tell him that the Rebbe sent you to hire him as your Malamed. And just as the villager was about to leave, the Rebbe said, God willing, everything's going to work out for your sons. And the villager said, Amen, thank you, Rebbe. And he makes his way very quickly to the Beit Midrash. There's a lot of people there, so he's not sure who to go to. He asks, who was just by the Rebbe, by the seer? And Rebbe Yitzchak Avorki, he picks up his head and he said, I was just by the Rebbe, why? And the villager goes over to Rebbe Yitzchak. And he says, I'd like to pay you 40 gold rubles to be my children's malamid. What do you think? Now for Rabbi Yitzchak, 40 gold rubles was not a lot of money. But he understood that the Rebbe had just told him, if there was an opportunity for you to become a malamid, I suggest you take it. And here's the opportunity, being a chassid, he knew better than to say no. So he looks up at the villager and he says, sure, I'll take the job. And the villager said, great, we're going right now. Rabbi Yitzchak said, if you don't mind, I'd like to send a message to my wife so at least she knows where I am. And he writes to his wife that the Rebbe suggested he become a Malamed, 
and he's following the Rebbe's suggestion. He doesn't know when he'll be back. It might be six months, but not to worry, he's fine. And he gave the address of where he's going and sent the letter off. And about a week later, he gets a letter back from his wife. And Rabbi Yitzchak, who's now the Melamed, his wife says to him, it's a good thing you took that job because the French are now invading Russia and they came into our town and confiscated all of our property. They ate all the food. They destroyed the homes. They even took all the fodder for their horses. We have nothing left. So it's a good thing you took that job. At least we'll have those 40 gold rubles. And now Rabbi Yitzchak understood the Rebbe's vision. And he started teaching the sons of the villager. And it turns out that it wasn't a problem with the Melamdim, the teachers. The boys had probably what they call now ADD. But people didn't know to diagnose it back then. And they weren't able to sit and learn. As much as Rabbi Yitzchak tried, they wouldn't last for more than a few minutes. So at one point, Rabbi Yitzchak tells the villager, I need to go back and see my Rebbe, as I always do. And as it turned out, they weren't so far from Lublin. So he gets to the Jose, he gets to the Rebbe, and he says, Rebbe, I took the job, and I'm trying to teach these boys like you suggested, but they're not capable of focusing. Everything I teach them goes in one ear and out the next. What do you suggest, Rebbe? And the Rebbe said to Rabbi Yitzchak, I understand that you're teaching them, but are you also davening for them? And Rabbi Yitzchak never thought about that. And the Rebbe said, I suggest you daven for them, and you'll see the things will turn around. So Rabbi Yitzchak, every morning, he would say a few capital of Tehillim, a few verses of Tehillim, and say, Hashem, please help me in my shlichut, in my mission of being the malamed, of being the teacher for these young boys, and for me to say the right words, and for them to be able to concentrate and learn Torah, as a ben melech, as a child of the king, should do. And sure enough, the davening helped. One day after another, the boys were able to sit for longer and longer. And they were beginning to understand concepts that they couldn't understand before. And Rabbi Yitzchak was feeling quite good about his shlichut, about being the malamed. Now, of course, there was a minion, several minions where he was. And he found a regular minion to daven with in the morning, in the afternoon, the evening on Shabbos and Chagim. And one day there was a fight in shul. And one of the people decided he wasn't going to daven if the other one was there. The two of them were arguing with one another. And then one of the other villagers, he came and he quoted the Torah from Parashat Vayichi, where it says, kitov. And he saw that rest was good, ki ne'ema, and that the land was pleasant. And he bent his shoulder in order to carry the burden. And what this man was telling the two people that were fighting was that we all have problems in life. And if you understand that being calm and taking things as they come is a good thing, then a person is able to handle all of the difficulties in life. Because whoever handles all of life's challenges without getting too angry, too happy, too sad, then they have peace. And with that, one of the two people that was angry about the other and the minion decided to follow that advice and drop what was bothering him. And they were able to daven together again. When six months were over, Rabbi Yitzchak says to the villager, I believe my time teaching your children is over. And the villager begged him, he said, But Rabbi, you've been such a good malamed. My children never had such a good teacher. And Rabbi Yitzchak said, First I have to check with my Rebbe. If the seer tells me to stay, I'll stay. If he tells me to go, then it's time for me to go back home. And once he got to Lublin, the seer of Lublin said to him right away, 
Rabbi Yitzchak, your time of being a Malamid is over. And Rabbi Yitzchak understood that it must have meant that the French had left his city. And even though things would be in ruins, he would at least have his property back. And he thanked the Rebbe and was about to head back home. And the Rebbe said, Yitzchak, you were in that town for half a year. Tell me, did you learn anything? Anything special? Anything stand out? And Rabbi Yitzchak was quiet because he couldn't think of anything that stood out. And then the seer Lublin says to him, Is it really possible you were there for a whole six months and you didn't learn anything? Doesn't the Baal Shem Tov teach us that even from everyday conversations, we can learn how to serve Hashem? Maybe you overheard a conversation and it helped you in your service of Hashem? And then Rabbi Yitzchak recalled the conversation, the fight between the two people in the Minyan, and that the third villager came and he said that if you have patience, you'll have peace. And he told this to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe was very pleased with a big smile on his face and his head nodding. He said, Rabbi Yitzchak, if that's what you heard, then it was worth it for the six months that you were a Malamid. And many years later, when Rabbi Yitzchak became the Vorka Rebbe, a big Rebbe in his own right, he would tell the story about becoming a Malamid. And he would say, when I got back home, my property was in ruins, but I was able to rebuild everything. And within a short amount of time, I was very wealthy again. I was able to give away those 40 gold rubles to Tzedakah and much more. And I thought back, why did the Rebbe tell me to be a Malamid? And then I realized it wasn't just because of the troubles in my town at the time. It was in order to teach me the lesson that if a person can be patient and take the difficulties of life in stride, that person will merit to have peace. He said the Parnasa, the livelihood, that came back and that wasn't a big deal. But the Avoda, the work, I'm being patient and not getting angry, that I'm still working on and I might be working on it for the rest of my life. How many times, my sweetest friends, does Hashem send us messages and we don't hear them? May we merit to quiet our egos enough so that we can hear the messages that Hashem is sending to us and the message that was given to us in the story that I just told. I have one more short story for you. Rebdov Zev of Kazivnikov was known amongst Chabad Hasidim as one of the most talented teachers of Chabad Hasidis. People would sit and listen to him and be magnetized by his voice and the way he gave over the lessons. But he wasn't born with this talent. He said this was a blessing that was given to him by the Tzemach Tzedek, Reb Menachem Mendel of Lubavitch, the third Lubavitch Rebbe. And this was the story that Reb Dov Zev used to tell. He was brought up in a little town in the district of Chernikov. And there he learned with the Hasidim, who taught him a great deal, and taught him the path of a Hasid. And one of the things a Hasid should be doing is constantly trying to help their fellow Jews. And by the age of 12, he had learned a very large amount of Gemara, of the Talmud. And he knew the stories, specifically in the Talmud, and wanted to give them over. In that township, there was a large group of simple Jews that were so ignorant, they were not able to read in Hebrew. And this young Dovzev, he felt like this was an opportunity for him. 
He would gather together the simple workers, the water carriers, and the woodchoppers. And he would start at the beginning of the Siddur and explain to them all the prayers. What's the meaning of Modani? The first prayer we say in the morning, Asher Yatsar, the prayer we say after going to the bathroom, all of Birkot Shachar. And this went on for many years. He would read parts of the Siddur and then tell stories from the Talmud. But he had one very difficult problem. He had a speech impediment. And the more he spoke, the more difficult it was for him to speak. And by the time he was 17 years old, he was having a very difficult time giving over the lessons that he started five years earlier when he was 12. So he went to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, and was admitted to a Yechidus, a private audience with the Rebbe. And he told the Rebbe he's been giving lessons since he was 12 years old to the simple people in his town. But the older I get, Reb Dov Zev said, the more difficult it is for me to speak. Rebbe, please, can you give me a bracha or an etza, some advice? And the Rebbe thought for a minute, and he said, If you continue teaching the simple people like you have been, Hashem will bless you with a clear and fluent mouth to give over the words of Torah in a way that people will want to receive them. And he said, Amen, and then he left the Rebbe's room. But from the moment he crossed the threshold of the door of the Rebbe's room, something happened. He could barely recognize himself. Not only did he not have the speech impediment anymore, he was able to speak so fluently and to take concepts and put them together and explain them in ways that he'd never been able to do before. And not only that, he was able to remember all of the Torah that he learned. Anything he saw with his eyes or heard with his ears, he instantly recalled. And when he would speak to groups and they would be mesmerized by his speech, would say to them, just so you know, my sweetest friends, this is not because of me. I didn't do anything. You probably heard of the Maharal of Prague, how he made a golem of clay, which of course everybody knows was this mysterious creature that somehow the Maharal created out of dust and earth and brought it to life. And Reb Dov Zev would say, just like the Maharal made the golem out of clay, the Rebbe the Tzemach Tzedek made me a golem out of flesh. He took somebody that couldn't speak and turned me into the teacher that I am today. You know, sometimes I meet people that, God forbid, are sick, and I bless that Hashem gives them a full recovery. And how many times have I heard people say to me, Oh no, what I have, there's no healing for what I have. And I'm always amazed. We're talking about religious people, even sometimes rabbis. And I say to them, do you think that Hashem is not capable of healing you? And they'll say something like, well, you know, if my wife just stabilizes, then I'll be happy. And I tell them, well, lucky for you, I won't be. I'll only be happy when your wife has a full recovery. And then often I take their names and daven for them. So just like Reb Dov Zev, who couldn't speak, but had the faith to allow the Rebbe to open his mind and open his mouth, may we merit as well to have such great faith in Hashem to let Hashem do for us things that naturally wouldn't necessarily make sense. Never hold back when it comes to Hashem, my sweetest friends. Ask Hashem for everything, because if the Tzemach Tzedek can help Reb Dov Zev to speak, then Hashem can help you and me with whatever we ask for. Amen! Amen, brother!
Thank you so much for listening. As always, my sweetest friends, I want to thank all of the sweet people that sent in contributions. And I also want to thank one of the new supporters, longtime listener of the podcast, Reb Benyamin, Mark, and his Rebbitin, Sharon, and his sons, Ari and Elan. Thank you very much for becoming supporters and for being such loyal listeners. If you don't know, you can send in a contribution through the link in the description and buy me a cup of coffee or a few. Any and all contributions are very welcome. And please continue sharing. I notice that the podcast is getting more and more listeners, and that's really thanks to you, my sweetest friends. And keep on listening and retelling. May Hashem bless us all with strength, joy, health, wisdom, wealth, and only revealed good. And may we merit to see miracles in our day, Mamish. L'chaim, my sweetest friends. Zay gesund. Zeig gesund! <lacht>